0: NBA most valuable player Giannis Antetokounmpo Giannis trailing the love
1: Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined as always by the clairvoyant Rohan Kadi. I don't have a specific reason you're clairvoyant in mind, but it's a word that, that just came to me. Rohan, how's it going?
2: I'm doing well. I'm also now being set up to be clairvoyant about something. So if have some good I say any, if I say anything and it comes true... Then your point is proven and maybe you're the clairvoyant one.
1: Oh, so either we're both clairvoyant or neither of us is clairvoyant is what we've uh, determined on this episode already. We're getting a lot done here on the Eurostep. As always. True. Very true. Um, But today, this episode, I want to specifically talk about something that is kind of blowing my mind. And that is the, I want to say scapegoating. Of Pat Connaughton, and I feel like I want to use that word in particular, because I don't think I would care as much about a lot of folks kind of ragging on Pat Connaughton when the team doesn't play well overall. I don't think I would mind that much if it didn't feel to me that a lot of other more important issues are being overlooked for the sake of dunking on Pat Connaughton, someone who will try to dunk on everyone all the time literally a dunk contest participant. But I don't know, Rohan, what's your initial take on this idea that like there's all this Pat backlash when there's maybe less being said about some other issues we'll get into that feel a lot more important?
2: Uh, First of all, I was going to make the joke about Pat dunking on (laughs) us if you didn't, so I'm glad you did. Of course. Uh, Second, I completely agree. I do not really understand why there's so much Pat Connaughton hate out there. It's come to a point realistically that we have to do this sort of thing. We're, what we're doing right now is talk about that idea. Pat Connaughton, he's been fine. He's been a good player previously. I will say the argument is that Pat Connaughton was taking away minutes from a guy like a Torrey Craig, like someone like that. That Jordan ship has Wara sailed now. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Warr right now. That ship has sailed. Torrey Craig is no longer on the team. Jordan Wara, he did get a little bit of run in that one game, the the weird game against uh against Boston oh, against the Knicks, yeah, yeah. The Knicks, excuse me, uh, where you know no one was active, and it was just fun all around, uh, Great, and he nice. played well, played well. Credit to him, he was also playing the most minutes he's ever played in his NBA career, doing more than he's ever been tasked to do in his you know, again short NBA career. Pat is a proven NBA player. <laughs> we've seen him thrive in playoff moments, especially against a team like a Boston. We've seen that. And now like given he's had his ups and downs, we've criticized him plenty on this year podcast last year uh, for all of his sort of missteps that we could actively see on the court. And we called him out for that. We can't really do that right now, <laughs> realistically, because he it's not really having that many missteps. Like for instance the most uh the most egregious thing i think that pat Connaughton does is his sort of help defense uh and sort of recovering by using his vertical as a recovery tool on defense. Yeah. Which is, you know, not ideal. <laughs> However, we haven't really seen that much that much this season. It's Compared to like the last two seasons that he's been on the team, it is dramatically less that we're seeing that he's playing more controlled. We we do see it now from time to time, but we don't really see it as much anymore. We're just seeing a more matured version of Pat Connaughton on a basketball court. And I, I don't really think he's doing anything that obscene to warrant this much sort of vitriol towards him.
1: That's my, my my real, again, like I mentioned on the intro, I just feel like my issue is I'm totally fine calling out when Pat Connaughton does something unideal or if he's playing too much or whatever's happening in certain situations. But I feel like, A, people are just way too upset at Pat for random times this season when, on the whole, I think he's had quite a nice season. He's it's had best, his best season. Yeah, as a it's, it's a career year for him. Uh, and two, not just for him, but I think like among the Bucks, I think he's been one of the more reliable night in, night out rotation players. And I think two, again, it's just like there's bigger issues at play here. We're gonna get into those, but just to talk a little bit about this specific Clipper game that folks were upset. Pat Connaughton logs nearly 31 minutes. I think probably certainly because no PJ Tucker and no Bobby Portis. So those are the two reserve big guys. So everybody else played more minutes. This was a competitive game. The Bucks wanted to win. Pat ends up fourth in minutes played behind Dante DiVincenzo, who shot two for seven and only scored five points. Uh, Giannis, or excuse me, he had more than Dante. He was behind only the big three. So more than Dante, more than Brooke Lopez, which I think is fine, more than Burden Forbes and Thanasis, which I also also think is fine. So... I guess, you know, him playing in this game and playing a rotational amount of minutes, I don't think anyone has an issue with that. I mean, some people probably do. But then it becomes like, oh, he's playing 31 minutes, which is way too many. He's always getting way too many minutes. I I looked it up to see how often Pat gets a ton of minutes. This season, there have been 16 games where he's played less than 20 minutes, as opposed to just five games where he's played more than 30 minutes. And in just one of those, actually in none of those five games, he's played 35 minutes or more. So it's not like he's out there every single night logging 36 minutes and depriving all the youngsters of any opportunity by himself. He usually plays like 25 or less minutes. This one game he went long because there's two big guys out. And I'm sorry, I just don't see, you know, you're talking about what, taking like seven minutes away from him and giving them Tawara? That's just not something I care enough about after the Bucks have one great quarter and three terrible quarters against the Clippers and lose in a game where Pat, overall, was fine. And I think he didn't produce a lot of points. I think he also scored five, just like Dante. I think Dante scoring five is a bigger issue to me than Pat scoring five. And also, at least Continent rebounds. And Dante does too, but the rest of the team didn't in that game. And that's one of the unappreciated things. And that's honestly the reason why I think Pat continues to get real solid minutes, nobody on this team is rebounding right now. Pat pulls in seven boards, more than any other buck in the Clippers game. Giannis and Dante both have six. Nobody else has more than five. So at least he's having positive contributions there in an area where like the team as a whole is struggling. I think Giannis and Chris in particular, two guys who struggled at more than just this, like they just are not boxing out or grabbing boards right now. People are blaming Brooke Lopez for this. He could do better too, but it is kind of built in that, you know, he goes out to contest a shot. He boxes out. He's not schemed to get rebounds. Some of the other guys in the team need to step up more. At least Pat's doing that. Like, I don't know. I, I just came away from that game. Not really thinking of Pat Condit at all, to be honest. Like I wasn't like, Oh my God, an amazing Pat C game. It was like, I rebounded. Well, didn't make many shots. Didn't take many shots. And just to see anything against him after that, when there was all these other things going on, I was just, I was, I can't even think of a good word. I was so confused.
2: Yeah, it's, it's tough. I'm trying to think of a word right now. Flabbergasted. Perfect. Yeah. Pat, I'm glad you said that he was the last player on my mind after that game. Honestly, like he was like, you could go through the highs. You could say, oh, Thanassus was, he was such an impact player. You could talk about the deficiencies that everyone else on the team provided, <laughs> but you know, Pat, Pat was fine. Pat was, he was fine to good in that game against the Clippers. He only takes, what does he take? Three shots and he makes two of them. <laughs> right. It's not like he's taking away shots from players when he's, you know, on, uh, on the court. It's not like he's turning into Marcus Morris out there in the playoffs where he's just like, nah, these star players are taking these shots. Nah, these are mine. This is it's Pat Connaughton time quote, Pat Connaughton. No, that's not what's going on here. <laughs> so basically he's not taking shots away from players. That's not what he's doing when he's on the court. You're still getting Giannis and Chris and drew getting all of their shots out there while Pat's on the floor. Again, you can point to his deficiencies and sort of like help defense, right? And that's an argument that's been thrown out there. He's over helping. He's jumping over Celtic centers out there. Um, Games. Do you remember that when he, who was that? Was that Daniel Tice? Was that the first Boston game where he just sort of like jumped on him to try to contest the shot?
1: Yeah, I think that was Tice.
2: Yeah. Uh, have you ever thought, like, if you're posing that argument, have you ever thought why he's in that situation? Is because the rest of the team completely overhelped and he has to frantically rotate? I can't believe I'm defending Pat Connaughton out here. This is full circle. This is this is how you know that I actually, like, I care about this, is because I, I am out here, like, putting my uh, takes on the line here, I'll say, for Pat Connaughton. Like what's the guy doing <laughs> i just i don't understand we don't we're, no, we don't even want people to like
1: glorify pat connen just leave him alone like just take him for what he is yeah exactly that that's like that's literally what we do with every single player and team and yet somehow we're the ones with the agendas rohan can you believe it can you believe it we're just true tellers yeah we're
2: the ones with the agendas
1: <laughs> And we're just we're just here telling the truth, and and we get pelted by tomatoes every single time. Um, my thing with the the overhelping thing kills me because like the whole team does it, and they have for the last three years.
2: And if I will say, I will say, they are getting a little better at it, but they were. But when it's when it fails on a play, it is it's over. Okay. Just might as well just start running back and getting into your offensive sets because you're giving up a wide open basket. Yeah.
1: Um and if if Pat is somehow actually at fault for the philosophy of overhelping that has plagued the team in the entire Budenholzer era, then everyone is right and trade him for nothing because that's a a horrible thing on him. But somehow I I don't think he is the mastermind behind them doing that consistently as a team for the last three years. That's just my personal opinion. But let's get to the stuff that what, one one
2: thing I'd back. out quick.
1: One more. Thing.
2: All- yeah, one more. Yeah, one more thing. <laughs> It's wild. Do you remember the first three-pointer he took in that Clippers game? It was sort of like a walk-up transition three. Drew Holiday just did like the little the little Brook Lopez sh- uh shovel pass to him. I was like that's cash. That is oh, absolute yeah. cash. He's he's nailed it even though he's like 5 feet behind the arc. I was like oh that's going in. It was just deep, just man. take him for what he is. I, like, appreciate that he's actually developed into a good shooter for this team. He's gonna he hustle is. he's
1: gonna hustle for the ball. somebody sent me a clip when I was defending him on Twitter and said Like they actually sent me like five clips. And I thought, I think he really messed up in one of them, but he dove for a loose ball and doesn't get it. And the person who sent me the clip is like, well, why, why is he doing this and getting out of position? He's doing that to get the ball, to get a turnover, a steal. Like, but that shouldn't need to be explained. You see, you see
2: Lakers fans just salivating over Dennis Schroeder. Caruso. More than salivating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think people aren't, people aren't keeping it. A buck with criticizing pat and, and criticizing other people on the roster and again it's not that we think he's a great underappreciated player or he should start or he should close every single game He's just a fine role player who's going to hit open threes mess up sometimes on defense we
2: didn't even have either. him in our closing fives <laughs> i know
1: he's just i don't know i just i just what yeah, are we uh, doing here Ty? <laughs> we are trying to correctly assign blame for when the bucks play poorly Away from Pat Condon, who really, in the grand scheme of things, should not even matter enough to get this much blame when the Bucks play poorly. It shouldn't be that important how Pat Condon plays, because he is an eighth, a seventh, eighth guy. If you want to call him a sixth man in this game where he played a ton of minutes because everyone is out, then fine. But realistically, a seventh, eighth guy on the roster it shouldn't even matter that much. So let's okay. talk about the players who do matter more. I think we have a lot to cover here. Probably start with Giannis, the big one, who I think still finally broke out of what was a really bad scoring slump for him uh, in this game against the Clippers. He put up 32 points after scoring 13 and 16 in the Boston games. His rebounding is way down, though, 7.3 boards per game. The last two games, the Bucs have lost his minutes pretty convincingly, and of course, they've lost both games what do you think is up with Giannis right now? And I, I, I shouldn't, I'm, it's not that people aren't talking about it, but to me, this is probably
2: the biggest Bucks thing that's currently happening. Yeah, it seems off. Just take the Clippers game as an example. I can't even count how many layups he missed. I guess if I went through the play data, I could. But like, he went 10 of 21 from the field and only took five threes in that. So you know, the rest of that's fine. Ten to wow, I can't, I can't math. Uh, what is that? Eight of uh, sixteen from the two? I, I think so. Yes. Yeah, eight of sixteen from two. I, I, I know things. Uh, he just he missed so many shots that usually go in for him. So many, even like and one attempts. You're like, oh, that's going to be an and one. No, he's just getting fouled and going to the free throw line. And you know. Credit to him, he shot ten to twelve from the line. He's like he's been doing really well there recently. Don't want to jinx it, like <laughs> knocking on wood right here. But it just feels a little off. He was leaving some layups short. They were a little, sometimes they were a little off trajectory. These are just things that we assume that Giannis is going to do. Like that's the type of player he is. Oh, he's going to finish these weird contorted layups. That's because you know he's. Two-time back-to-back MVP, like that's what he does. He does this, and now he's just he's just missing him. He feels like he's in a funk. People have pointed out he doesn't seem as explosive. Which I would, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't really say that. It's just something feels off. I I don't even know what to pinpoint here. Yeah, the 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 tricky part
1: about it, and I've seen there's some sentiment out there like don't even play him if he's not right. I don't think. I don't think he's looked like he's restricted in his mobility or anything like that. I certainly don't think he's looked like he shouldn't be out there since returning. I, He, he looks explosive to me. I think I've seen it just, he, he just looks a little off like you said. And I think that is, it's kind of killing the team in a lot of ways because he's not always getting fouled when he does get to the cup and miss bunnies. And he missed, I'd say without thinking too hard, at least four of them in the Clippers game that, I mean, this game ends up being a little lopsided. I think around the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, a pretty close game, like eight points swinging toward the Bucs could have ultimately changed the result in this game, obviously, because then things are much closer before you get to it getting a little carried away. It, it's just, I don't think you sit him because he's he's looking a little off. Like I, I, Unless it is physical and that's something that only the Giannis and the Bucks would know, I don't have any indication from what I've seen that that's the case. It just seems like he's in a little bit of a funk right now, which is just weird to see from Giannis a multiple game slump like this. And it's not encouraging. And I just think that's the much bigger deal. And I think plus minus is a noisy statistic that I don't always put that much stock into. But plain and simple, Milwaukee's not going to win a lot of games if they get blown out in Giannis's minutes. You, it's just not feasible, right? Like the it should be the well it shouldn't it shouldn't be, but the opposite is a lot more tenable, like and uh, more expected. I mean, this is the thing with the Sixers every year in the playoffs, they win Embiid's minutes by eight or something, and he plays a million minutes, and they lose the minutes when he sits by like four hundred, and it's barely any minutes, but it's so much that it makes all the games close. That makes more sense than getting blown out with the star on the court. That just can't happen that's the number one issue right now. And there's a lot that goes into plus minus, but I think this has to be resolved. And this is one of the frustrating things. I don't think there's much that the team can do about it. I don't think Bud can scheme it any differently and not absolving Bud of all blame on everything, but just with this specific issue, I mean, Giannis just needs to connect on some of this stuff and, and just look better out there, plain and simple. Um, And, he hasn't as much of late. Seeing him put up thirty-two, even if it was an unconvincing thirty-two, is nice.
2: But yeah, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm Giannis. glad you brought that up. He yeah. did score thirty-two points. He thirty-two uh, points. He did, which I did not really realize. <laughs> it it's, it felt it felt like probably like fifteen. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it didn't help that it felt like a lot of them came in bunches, too. I mean, he starts off the game incredible. That's the other thing.
2: Yeah, we've he starts flashes. off the game on a 7-0 run. Yeah,
1: so we've seen flashes where he looks awesome still. So I, I don't think he's very physically limited right now. I just think it's it's a little bit of a slump. And I think that's the reason why I actually think you play him as much, if not more than usual right now, as long as, again, if assuming he's physically okay, which I don't have any like evidence to suggest he's not, like concrete evidence that isn't somebody on Twitter whose cousin's cousin is a doctor or something. If he's if he's physically cleared and everything, though, I think you play him more because that's the only way I think you can snap out of something like this is to just keep playing and then get yourself on a roll. It seemed like he was close, but then it just the, the performance wasn't even all the way throughout.
2: Yeah. The only thing I can really think of here is that potentially, we know Giannis is a creature of habit, right? We've seen, like, matinee games just completely throw him off because he doesn't get his uh, game day nap in. Like, routine is so important to him. And I, I'm not saying I'm Giannis, but I understand that feeling, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> routine is very important to me. And if something gets thrown off, you know, it's, it's sort of weird, right? It, you feel mm-hmm. off. Uh, this team is really changing <laughs> in terms of how it's playing. We've seen that throughout the first half of the season, but I think it's even changing more nowadays because we're seeing it on a game-to-game level and within games we're seeing a lot of variations happen just between like scheme and also like lineup wise we've seen you know players get shifted in and out of the rotation in and out of the team a lot of things are going on and it takes time for players to get used to that. In this game against the Clippers, I keep referring to this game because you know this is the most pertinent one. I'd say because uh, they did get blown out in a close game against a Clippers team that did not have Paul George. Yeah, yeah. Given the Bucks didn't have Bobby Portis, so like kind of equal footing there. It's, but
1: the Clippers might have been better off,
2: all things considered. But go on. <laughs> hey, this is regular season P. This isn't oh, playoff P PL. yet. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts to playoff P, uh, but. Yeah, it, it just takes a, it takes time. Like in that game, it felt like there were some points where he didn't know what he was doing out there, where he didn't know where he was supposed to go. He ended up getting to his spots like late in possessions when defenses sort of break down. He just looked confused at some points. I remember there was one point where he had the ball. It was at sort of like the left wing inside inside the arc. And he's just dribbling around looking for players. And like Chris is trying to come up, uh, get into a DHO. And then like Pat's sort of flaring off onto the weak side. And then he's just like, okay, what are, what are we doing here? That might be schematically in the sense that, oh, we're not really have anything set here. What do you guys want to do here? And there's miscommunications. It could also be like, I'm just, I'm not sure what's happening here on this possession. And I'm just sort of lost out of here, which is fair. Like I mentioned, there's been a lot of change. We're getting, we're getting Diakite playing actual minutes in this game. Like PJ Tucker has been a part of this rotation for the last like couple games and now he's just gone again because he's he's injured. Get well soon, PJ. Bobby Portis, he's been out because of the health and safety protocols. He's been a staple of the rotation since game one. And he's not playing. Just a lot of things are changing. And that's gotta be taken into taken into consideration. It does
1: remind me of earlier in the season when it just like nothing felt right for Giannis for his standards and then one uh, one game it all just shifted and the bucks crack off a a great winning streak and they're going to to need another one of those soon because now they've lost three straight culminating with the Clippers game on Monday I don't disagree regarding Giannis I do think one thing that could have played into this game making it look even worse was the Clippers are one of those teams who just have pretty good answers for the Giannis Chris pick and roll with so many good wing defenders like Marcus Morris and Kawhi Leonard Plus, I think Terrence Mann was playing a great game, and, and Zubats was really playing well, I thought too. So, I think defensively, the Clippers just do a lot at the Bucks that you know they don't run as many set plays. They weren't necessarily as ready for. So, look at that—we came full yeah. circle and, and brought it back to Bud at the end of the day.
2: <laughs> yeah, I will say they did defend the Cri- Giannis Chris pick.
1: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You can roll really well, but it was fun to see the Bucks do a little mid-game adjustment to that. They tweaked the angle of it. Ever so slightly, and it threw the Clippers off so much that Chris was just like, I think it was like three possessions in a row. They ran that play and it ended up with like a Giannis like layup or he might've missed one of those layups, but, and then we get, a uh, we get Chris mid-rangers like two times in a row. And it's just like, oh, okay, you guys can do that. That's nice. That's a nice quick adjustment on the fly. They just, they slightly tweaked it and it threw everything off for the defense. The economy is made up of real people
0: doing real stuff and it affects everything
1: have used a little bit more of that too i want to get to more chris momentarily but first it's ty again this time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor blue wire pods and there's no better place to host than blue wire hustle hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art Q&A's with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about the bucks, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Okay, it's time to have a Chris conversation. I feel like none of our Chris conversations are fun anymore, Rohan. We used to have the most fun Chris Middleton convos. I feel like they haven't brought me as much joy on the podcast of late
2: yeah yeah our good our good pal our uh, we 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 stand for sometimes even simp for chris middleton uh (laughs) it's it's looked rough it's looked a little rough it's i will say he's looked good in stretches at some points uh especially sometimes closing games he's looked better than he has overall but he's just he doesn't have it for full games anymore He just doesn't. He really doesn't. I don't know. I don't know what else to say besides he's just, he's, he's doing Chris Middleton things again in a bad way. He's doing like four years ago, Chris Middleton things when we want an upgraded version of last year's Chris Middleton. It's just, it's, it's not fun.
1: No, it's not. And I think, uh, you know it's funny we kind of called out yeah, ja- and Giannis's rebounding wasn't good enough either.
2: That's Giannis's just, defensive effort was not good enough. No,
1: I mean he's he's he wanders off shooters more than everyone. That's why it kills me again to circle back to Pat, but Pat gets the rap for that. Giannis is offender number one when it comes to doing so, and there's some advantages to it, but oftentimes, I mean, he just. Kind of walks away and and doesn't. I mean, Patrick Patterson was hitting whatever. I digress. But we're talking about Chris now. I just wanted to. I kind of forgot that about Giannis. But there's not really much debate between us on that one. It's just how it was. Chris, or I, I remembered why I mentioned Giannis. Now this is great radio. So despite all the the criticisms of Giannis, still 32 points. Drew Holiday second on the team with 24 points. So those two combined for just under 60. Or yeah, just under 60, which is. Pretty good, pretty good from, you know, two of the best three players on the team. Nobody else has more than 15. Chris and uh, Drew and Giannis and Drew accounting for just about half of the total scoring. Chris comes in with 15 points in the loss, which clearly not enough.
2: This is now on 15 shots.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't even what he didn't just like stop shooting. He also just wasn't efficient with his shots Um since February 1st. So. Again, I think like probably around January is when we were all rah rah about how great Chris has been, or maybe even it was early that month, February. But since February first, Chris Middleton, this is his eighth game with 15 or less points, which is way too many for a guy who should be the second leading scorer on this team, and I think is statistically still and overall for the season. Although Drew is probably closing the gap, um, he only has 12 games in that same span with 20 or more points, so. He's nearly scored 15 or less, more than he scored 20 or more, which again, just not acceptable for what the Bucks need him to be. He's drifting in and out far too often, which is the main Chris Middleton concern that it's game to game. He's not there. That's what the reality has been like for the last just about two months now. And it's worse because Drew has missed 11 games in that span, which is like those are the games where guys like Chris and Giannis need to step up and be extra great. Like you need to carry more of the scoring load. This Clippers game was another one of those games. Bobby Portis has been a reliable scorer on this team. There's no backup point guard right now. PJ Tucker's out. I mean, he's probably going to add like two points a game, but still, (laughs) still something to make up for. Chris just was not helpful enough in making up some of that scoring load. Even without Paul George, you're not going to keep up with this clippers team if only two guys on the on the bucks are going to score more than 15 points.
2: Yeah, well said. It's it's too it's too lax from Chris Middleton. That's just I it's tough because we come back to the same concern over and over again and it feels kind of cliché at this point. It's like, "Oh, Chris needs to be more aggressive." Chris needs to be more aggressive. Well, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you do it, maybe we'll stop talking about it. <laughs> it yeah. in sort of that regard. It, it's it's getting a little old. Like you said, we've been doing this for a little bit now. It's there's got to be a time where he's got to show up. Either that or they need to rejigger the offense around Drew Holiday more than Chris Middleton. I, I because think, it, I, might, it I, might be too late. if they if they don't do that, it's going to be too late. I think going into the playoffs, that's that's
1: how it should go. I, I mean, I think Drew should be the second guy nominally just because I mean in games like this one he's been the guy who's been the Bucks have been able to rely on more than Chris Middleton lately and I just think Drew was
2: a freaking monster in that game. If any if Chris matched even like fifty percent of his energy, the Bucks would have been, had this game in hand.
1: Yeah especially considering Drew is not just good on defense. I mean he's a game changer on he's both elite, ends of the floor. Elite yeah. I'm almost starting to worry that they're going to have to lessen his impact on one of either side. I mean, I think the hope for me was he'd really be able to go balls to the wall on defense every possession because he'd only have to be the third guy offensively. Doesn't really feel like we can bank on that as a night to night thing anymore. Which again is just extremely disappointing. And I hope this take ages like hot milk and Chris scores twenty or above in every game the rest of the way. But that's just not what we've been seeing and. It's it's disheartening for a player who has shown such great potential to just not come with it every single night. Like this, again, this is a game where the Bucs very much needed that. The back to back Raptors games, great examples of this. And, you know, I, I don't know if they have to get him some glasses that he wears. So every team looks like they're wearing Celtics green or what. But something's just got to change here with Chris Middleton's consistency.
2: Honestly, also, quick little aside. Why is one of Chris Middleton's basketball reference nicknames "Baby Joe Johnson"? Oh, um,
1: you know, I feel like with
2: yeah, I don't know I that just, does not make any sense.
1: Yeah, not really. But yeah. I, I guess good scoring wing. Uh, Joe Johnson's gonna have a lot more All Stars than Chris when all is said
2: and done. That's for sure. Yeah, he's already tied with Sabonis. Did, did Joe? How many All Stars? No, Joe Chris Johnson? Middleton is Sabonis as a. a you oh. the same amount of all stars as Chris Middleton
1: yeah, yeah. only one more than D'Angelo one. Russell
2: yeah, oh my God, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, getting back to this, it's sort of it's so it's so difficult, like you said, it's like we've seen flashes. We've we've seen more than flashes. We've seen this on a consistent level this season, right? We were campaigning for him to be like second team or third team all NBA this season. Like maybe maybe Chris Middleton should start the All-Star game. That's a take we had, Ty. And it was reasonable. Yeah. It was wasn't out of the water. Like it was an actual solid take because he was performing at that level. He just completely, completely fell off a cliff, and I have no idea no idea what happened the only thing we can really hope for is that this slump sort of extends till early may because i believe the playoffs start may 22nd yeah so it's like if he can get hot then then boom perfect done but if we're hoping for chris middleton to end his cold streak right before the playoffs that's that's bad for the you'd Rather Bucks. <laughs> not hope
1: you'd rather not cross your fingers and say that's hey, what i'm saying get, the,
2: yeah that's what I'm saying. We need to like, we need to retool our expectations in sort of a regard about the hierarchy of the team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, other, other issues that we've seen over the past few games. I mean, again, three game losing streak. I think the Clippers game was probably the low point. The next game kind of just hilarity all around the second. Next game
2: came. doesn't really count. That was yeah. just, that was a break game. Yeah. That exactly. was it. That was intermission.
1: <laughs> it really was. Um, not the best outing for a guy we hoped was unwashed washed then then not washed we hoped unwashed just makes him sound dirty but brook lopez just that that team was just too much for brook lopez especially when they went small i didn't think he looked great even when zubots was out there zubots certainly a guy that you would hope lopez can hang with Again, the Bucks rebounding partially on Lopez, partially on everybody else was so bad. Zubats was gobbling up boards and, and getting putbacks like he's, I don't even know, like prime Dwight Howard or something out there. And when the Clippers went small and Marcus Morris was the de facto center, I mean, the possession of zone defense where Brooke is trying to run from under the basket oh out to contest the goodness. three. And it was like, I don't even have a comp. It, it was bad, and it it was it was a made three, is what the result was, and there was a lot of made threes. As
2: you know what the the of. perfect point? It was perfect. You know why? Because the very next possession, they did the exact same thing. Yep. Just exactly what the they're like, oh, by the way, uh Brooke Lopez got severely out of position, not even out of position, he was just standing there. And you know, they just threw it to the wide open guy in the corner. Like they yeah. didn't have to run any actions. The Clippers yeah, did just they're just like, like, Oh, let's give it to a wide open Patrick Patterson who's just standing there. And it's yeah. like, okay, okay, let's come back on defense next possession, really shore this up. Nope, nope, same thing, same exact thing.
1: They like they sort of meander the basketball over, over the other side a little bit, take it into the paint wait for the entire defense to collapse, and then just find the open shooter. That was the M.O. for the Clippers all night. Not all of that on Brooke Lopez. We talked about just it was a bad game for the Bucks three-point defense overall. I think they, they got flustered at times, it felt like. But really just put on display something that I've noticed throughout the year. It's just the difference when they have five true switchable athletes out there to when Brooke Lopez is out there, and they thus have four at most. It's just profound, and I did think more of those small lineups could have helped spark a run earlier, although when they did go to it, I think in the third quarter, the team kind of just got punched in the face because uh, Chris wasn't producing very much, and, and Giannis just did not look himself and was just caught between assignments too often on defense, I think. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, not, not a great showing for, for Brooke Lopez. I don't, I don't know if it was as bad as it seemed, it well, was it really okay. was well it uh, it was
2: it was it was all give him give him like two weeks off honestly like because we saw rest after the all-star break he sort of came back look rejuvenated it just give him more time because we're seeing I, the same brooke lopez that we've seen in fact it might be even worse
1: i was a little surprised he didn't get the next game off but then you figure they really just don't have enough people to play center right now with portis out too it's like it's yeah. Diakite honestly, I think they then, just
2: they played him because they had to. Yeah, it's
1: Diakite, and then your next center after Diakite, if there's no Lopez and no Giannis, is like either Thanasis, or Pat or Pat. Yeah, yeah. Pat oh, would God. reel in fifteen rebounds. Axel
2: Toupon, by the way, has shown me absolutely nothing. He's kind of tall. We've seen we've seen extended minutes from him. I have no idea what he does on a basketball court. Still. I, like he played he played most of a game and he still he, he played a little bit in garbage time here and there. I have no idea what he does.
1: I think he's one of those guys who looks like a good defender but I have no idea if he
2: actually is. I think it might be no. But this I, I, we digress. It might be, no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Brook Lopez, I was when he checked back into the game and then continued to play the game. I was so disheartened. I was so disheartened. Because yeah. it just shows that they're not really going to shy away from doing that. I'm going to say his att- role was reduced. I think he played 22 minutes. It was reduced because he was actually getting a thoroughly outplayed by Diakite.
1: <laughs> Diakite should have probably played more. I, I think my big takeaway from this is... I think Brook Lopez just has to be more of a situational player going forward and I I don't know if the team is going to commit to actually relegating him to that status.
2: Probably not, especially considering this post All-Star run that he's been on. He's actually been good. Like he's been trending downwards like the last like game and that's it. But other than that he's been fine, which is why I don't want to necessarily overreact to this one this one game where it's like oh this is a bad matchup for Brook Lopez. But it also you can learn things from this game, and who knows, maybe they will. They've been learning from things all season. We, should, you know, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. Actually, I don't know if they've earned that, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see going forward if they play like another team like the Clippers again, uh, who's just going to go super small and switch everything. I I don't know how you run a two three zone with Brook Lopez out there again.
1: That's just one of the more bizarre things about the game. I don't. Hate the idea of running a zone sometimes, but if any part of the zone at any point results in Brooke Lopez needing to cover someone in, in the corner while he's under the, the basket, clearly it's a terrible idea. It's either being executed terribly or it's just a terrible idea. That's just not something that can happen. And that's why like I think some of Miami's best zones have been like built around a player like Derek Jones Jr., not a player like Brooke Lopez, right? Like I think you want five quicker longer armed guys out there that can recover ground quickly and muddle, muddle that's what toronto's cuts. done
2: the last yeah. couple of years
1: yeah OGN and ob a good, and it, honestly the Nasus is a great guy to have in a zone lineup like that i mean you could do some really interesting zones with the Nasus out there um who apparently is just a good nba player now I think he's, yeah he's
2: just he's good he's just he good he's just flat out good like there's nothing we can it's a, it's it's different than pat because we're just saying pat's fine. Like. Why I hate on Pat, but, but that's, he's just good, which was it was a bright spot in that game. Like I was yeah. clamoring for Thadassus to come back in to save this team. What a wild sentence.
1: And he did. When he came back, he actually made him back play. He got a steal from Kawhi Leonard. He just he took, took the took ball it. from Kawhi. He took the ball full court and finished a layup with his left hand in traffic
2: after uh, after a pass fake. And I just
1: felt like I had to recal- like recalibrate Everything about my life in that moment, like I just, I felt like I needed to, like I couldn't trust any of my preconceived notions ever again. This man, through sheer power of will, decided to become a good NBA player.
2: Hey, credit Let's, to him. He's he like he is. He's a he's an intercumpa. Like you can't doubt it. They Give they, they them. work out. Yeah. Trade for Costas, right? Trade Tupon and a pick for Costas
1: right now. Oh, you can't. N- later. Just, just sign him. Just sign him.
2: Yeah. Why not? Like the Lakers have no use for him anymore. Uh Giannis signed a super yeah, max, exactly. so well, maybe
1: they'll use him to try and get Thanasis now.
2: Honestly, yeah, Thanasis might be a—he's uh, not super max eligible. He's—he's he's definitely max eligible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait till they
1: give Thanasis the pat contract, and everybody hates it, and he takes a similar step forward. It just is continually this player, and it, it somehow works out.
2: Yeah, why? <laughs> That's that. No. That'll be safe. We'll save that for when that happens. Uh, if that happens. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Just if we're talking about the nets, it's just his defense. I tweeted this uh, during the game. Like his defensive instincts are just absolutely bonkers. Like yeah. you're the play you're referring to, where you just took the ball from Kawhi notice how go back and watch the clip everyone who's listening to this go back and watch the clip as soon as Kawhi gets the ball he knows where Kawhi is gonna go with the ball and beats Kawhi to that spot where he's gonna hold the basketball not like where he's gonna like end up on the court where his hands are going to be he beats him there and just takes the ball it was it's wild
1: ironically Kawhi esque and, and yeah, fall and fall. it was, like it,
2: pri- it was Spurs Prime Kawhi esque. I, I think the
1: thing with Thanassus to me is the defense is just consistently good now, and the offense comes and goes. But that's it's not bad, that's not bad considering where we thought we were with him at the, at the start of the season. I still think some of the threes are a little bit ambitious. One of the ones, I mean, yeah, that took <laughs> in the Clippers game, but. You get a little leeway if you're gonna play that well for the entire rest of the game. That one shot, I'm not gonna. He still got the upstock, right? Like it wasn't gonna sour us completely.
0: He took three shots.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: Or excuse me, he did not take. He took six, right?
1: Was he three, for six, yeah, yeah. But what two threes?
2: Uh, he took one three and he airballed it. Oh, so he just had the airball. Yeah,
1: so you know, one bad shot. And he gets a little ambitious, some of the twos, from time to time. But if he's going toward the rim, I mean, he's, he drew contact and drew foul shots in this game. Like One bad shot, I'm not going to say it, it takes away or ruins a performance, especially because it really did feel like the Bucks were kind of in like a just need a big play and maybe swing things and get them back in this zone. Like, it wasn't like it was a tie game late in the, in the fourth quarter. Then if he takes that shot, it's a lot worse. This, to me, felt like he kind of sensed, you know we could we could go on a run. What would fire the team more than me hitting a heat check three? He he did it for the team, Rohan. It's admirable. You
2: know what? I just I just thought of this right now. this is sort of filling the two years ago Pat Compton role. Oh, interesting. It's like a it's like a if you need if you just need instant energy and yeah. just like someone who's actually going to produce and you know just terrorize things like that that's your guy.
1: <laughs> you I think know? it works because. Both guys are like, the mentality is not going to change no matter how often they play, how many minutes, doesn't matter. Like, that first year of Pat and this year of Thanosis, like, if he catches three straight DMPs, you're not going to get sulking. You're not going to get any questioning of themselves. Like, whenever you put in Thanosis, you're getting Thanosis every single time, for better and for worse. And it's mostly in. been for better. It's, it has mostly been for better. It's, and the energy he gives off to the team is is I think undeniable. It makes a big difference for the Bucs.
2: Yeah, he's he's I did notice one time he did uh he did scream at an opponent uh who was taking the three. I every I was like oh, he can do, man. He's doing it, every it was thing iconic. he can do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh yeah, it's just he 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 was the bright spot of that game, that clippers game. He honestly was. Because yeah. the rest of the team wasn't great.
1: <laughs> Correct. Um, that's uh, him and drew, I think we probably, and just yes, absolutely. seeing early Diakite and then not seeing Diakite again, made it, or not really seeing him again was a little brutal, but it was a funny game for coaching. Um, just felt like it started out so good from the bud perspective. And then just a steady decline. Although looking back, I don't, I don't know if it was as egregious as it felt at the time. I think really the Brooke Lopez thing was the absolute worst that we saw and just not giving Diakite some of that run just to see, I don't know wasn't wasn't that awful in retrospect although it certainly should have been better but I do think that's a whole different game if Giannis looks more like himself and if we get some more shot making from Chris Middleton
2: yeah it's it's a combination it's not one or the other it's not oh Budenholz is putting these guys in bad spots it's okay maybe they could be put in better spots but maybe if in these spots these players could do better (laughs) you know yeah it's
1: there was some give and take there
2: Yeah, it's I'm not saying like either is absolved completely from blame, but it's both both sides are really they could have both done better.
1: We're the most nuanced podcast. It's beautiful. Honestly, it is beautiful. We're so granular. I love it. Um, Is there anything else we should talk about in terms of just Bucks problems that are actually matter that aren't Pat Conda?
2: Bucs problems that actually matter. Uh, we te- like we touched on this a little. Do we do we need to see more Diakite?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think people would like to. I would like to. I think we've seen some interesting flashes. I don't think we've seen. I don't know. I, I would like to see more and just get more of an idea. I-, I still think it's. I still think the Diakite experience is is incomplete and not quite ready for real rotational run every single night yet. Although with Portis out, I do think like throw him out there more and just see what's going to happen. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, just having another more athletic player out there can pay dividends for the team.
2: Exactly. Like in that 2-3 zone where uh, Brook Lopez has to sprint to the corner, who do you want doing that, Brook Lopez or Diakite, who's actually probably going to contest that shot?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Diakite on that one.
2: Yeah. But if you're running like just drop coverage – you do not want Dikita out there compared to Lopez.
1: No. But switching, I'm I'm a little more interested in seeing that.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. Like there there's so many lineups that you could throw out there based on what you're actually doing on defense. Like they they'd better take advantage of this roster tie.
1: Yeah, they they, they need to. I think that would be uh that would be another problem that factors in as a much more prominent one than Pat Connaughton.
2: Yes. That's
1: called putting a okay. bow on us.
2: Yes, do we have anything else or should we wrap this up here? I think I think that's all for this episode. Okay, so we'll wrap this up here for this problem assigning blame sort of podcast here and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you did enjoy the show, you know show it, leave a rating. If you're on Apple, it helps us out a lot. Or if you're just on any other platform, make sure to subscribe. So you get every episode directly to your feed when it drops. Uh, Make sure you tell all your family and friends about the show. Check out the great content across the entire network. Stay safe, everyone. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.